The Bob Murphy Show, episode 65. There's a tidal wave coming. What you gonna do? Get ready for another episode of The Bob Murphy Show. The podcast promoting free markets, free minds, and grateful souls. It's your source for commentary and interviews, conducted by a Christian and economist. Now here's your host, Bob Murphy. Welcome everyone to another episode of The Bob Murphy Show. This is going to be an unusual episode. The backstory is Matthew Bankert emailed me. He says, hey Bob. I'm an online rock artist and music blogger, and uh, he wrote a blog post talking about the top 10 libertarian rock bands. And so I thought, huh, this might be a welcome break for the listeners. So without any more chit-chat from me, let's jump right into the interview. Well, Matt, welcome to the Bob Murphy Show. Great. Thanks for having me. So as I said in the preamble here, the introduction, obviously the meat and potatoes of this episode is we're going to go through your ranking. But before we get into that, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, are you, were you a musician first and then later you got into politics or vice versa? Yeah, I would say I was a musician first, um, picked up a guitar probably when I was 16 and then, and then instantly got interested in, uh, playing music and playing in bands and stuff. And, uh, I, uh, you know, maybe a typical, typical story got in a band, uh, sometime after college while I was working a day job and thought, oh, this would be cool to to really uh, go for it and see if we could make something of this. But as so often happens, you know, didn't really go anywhere, kind of fizzled out, but still um, had the interest in songwriting. And um, so I still do that kind of on the side as a hobby. I, I write songs every now and then. Um, as far as uh, libertarianism, I I got into that, I think, as so many of us do, uh, through uh, learning about Ron Paul, I think back in uh, 08 and 09, really uh, started becoming aware of that. And um, and yeah, so things That's have just turned into such a cliche there. at this point. I'm, I'm waiting for the time when I have a guest who says, yeah, it was actually Mitt Romney gave this stump speech and I was I just captivated. Yeah, or maybe even more so uh, Bob Murphy got me into it or <laughs> someone else like yeah, that. Yeah, that would be great. But, yeah, yeah. It, it is kind of a cliche. You're right. Okay. And and so, I mean, like, do you go, and it's, I'm not, I don't care what the answer is in terms of like, it's not going to bother me when we're there. I'm just curious. Like, do you go, go to like libertarian type events or whatever, or it's just in your, you know, in, in the confines of your mind, you, you know, that that's the, that's the answer. Yeah. Well, I, I will say, um, I, I do have several friends or family that are, uh, libertarian or at least libertarian, uh, friendly, but, you know, I think for so many of us, we find that it's a bit of a lonely road sometimes. And I, yeah, I, I'm not really politically active in like the Libertarian Party or any other kind of politics or going to, to rallies or anything. Um, so, yeah, many, many times it's just through Internet stuff or listening to podcasts, uh, that kind of thing. Do you have thoughts about um, where I'm coming from with this is I know like like Dan Hagen, the guy that I co-wrote the the theme song of the Bob Murphy show with, for example, you know, he, he's really into the Liberty movement and I think would call himself an activist, or at least he was in a, you know, earlier portion of his life. And he really thinks that using the arts 
is is the way forward. And I do agree that it's I don't think the, the libertarian cause are free markets that, oh, we just we just got to win the argument. We just need to write one more book on how the market economy works. And that's the silver bullet. Like, <laughs> in other words, we've we've proven our case a million times over in terms of, in my opinion, you know, the intellectual case. But yet we still seem to be struggling in, you know, call it the culture war, whatever you want to call it. So what do you what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, I I, I agree with that. I th- I think that's a really good way to look at it. I mean, the the economic arguments are really strong. The philosophical and political arguments, I think, are super strong. But I think where we find ourselves lacking a lot of the time is in the more creative spheres, like uh, like music and film. And I think, uh, and that was part of the reason I wanted to do some, if you can call this research, do some research and write this uh, this blog post because I think a lot, there are a decent amount of libertarians out there in music that I was actually su- kind of surprised to find some of them were libertarians kind of flying below the radar, um, making really good stuff. But I think definitely the arts is, is an area where we need to uh, make some more inroads. Um, it seems like all we have is like, the Atlas Shrug movies and, uh, you know, Rush. I guess Rush is who everybody thinks of, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. as far as music. So, uh, so yeah, I, I hope that there will be more outspoken people in the arts that, um, that can actually make good art too. And um, on the other hand, though, I mean, I think there is a lot to be said for just art for art's sake. And, you know, you don't have to be like preachy with your music and, uh, you know, just keep, telling everybody about the non-aggression principle all the time in your songs. Um, there is something to be said for just making a, a song that's that's nice that people can relate to. But on the other hand, there's definitely a place for um, for being more outspoken about um, uh, themes of liberty. Well, yeah, I agree with that entirely. And I do, I am curious to get, you know, more of your take on what do you mean by a libertarian band, that sort of thing. Because what I've been saying whenever this topic comes up is that, you know, in terms of to the extent younger people care what I think one way or the other. My advice is, you know, don't set out to write a libertarian novel or a libertarian song. It's, no, go write something that's great. You know, go write a great novel. And if it has libertarian themes or a libertarian message, you know, wonderful. But that's, you're, it it just, it doesn't work. Also too, like I've seen, they're getting a lot better, but, but so-called Christian movies, you know, cause I'm Christian. And so like, there was this genre, like it was, it was terrible. Like where, where the movie is just like, you know, the whole point was, oh, let's make a movie that Christians will go out to the theater and support. And it's, you know, the acting is terrible and everything. So it's it, like I said, there, that genre is getting much better now, but um, yeah. And, and so likewise, and the best example I can come up with to show people exactly what I mean are the anti-war songs from the sixties. Like, uh, you know, Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth. When I was young, I adored that song and I didn't even realize it was, you know, had anything to do with, you know, anti-authority or whatever. You know what I mean? It was only later when I really listened to the lyrics. I was like, Whoa, you know, so, and a lot of the songs coming out of that era, like the Forrest Gump soundtrack, you know, those are all classic sixties songs that when I was a little kid grew up, I just, I liked them because they were good songs. And then only later did I fully realize the context. So I think, that's the kind of thing where, yeah, like if there's going to be a, a libertarian song, I want it to be a hit just because people think it's great and they, you know, the radio stations keep playing it because people want to hear it. 
And then, oh yeah, if you really listen to the lyrics, look at what it's saying. That's really subversive or whatever. What do you, are you on that page too? Or you, you think it's, it should be more explicit? Yeah, I, I can identify with a lot of that. It's, um, I don't know. I, I, I can see both ways. I do like the, uh, subversive aspects to things. I think a lot of, um, having a little bit of, of, uh, cryptic messaging in a song mm-hmm. can go a long way because, um, a lot of people are, are just making your themes more generic because I think lots of times if you make it more generic, then more people can relate to it and kind of fill in the blanks to match it to their own experience. And they may not realize that where you're coming from is something specific, like a, a libertarian message. On the other hand, I mean, maybe there is a place sometimes for having a more outspoken libertarian message in a song. I think it, it might just depend on... Um, mm-hmm on what you want to do. I will say too, I can identify with the, uh, the Christian movies thing. Cause I'm, I'm also a Christian and, and was uh, born and raised on Christian rock, which is Ooh, its yeah, own, uh, right. mm-hmm. uh, like subculture, <laughs> subgenre, And a lot of it, uh, you know, of course there are lots of Christians that are extremely talented and, um, many Christian artists that, that are really good, but a lot of it is just trying to repackage something with a message and just trying to force it, you know, force something that's not really there. So mm-hmm. um, that 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 just, I think, comes across to those on the outside as something kind of shallow and something that uh, doesn't really go anywhere sometimes. Right, yeah. Let me clarify. I think I probably, I mean, the words came out of my mouth, but what I, I didn't mean that, it w- that we were doing like a Trojan horse thing. Like, for example, like George Carlin, you know, growing up, I, you know, my dad was conservative and we would watch George Carlin because he was just so funny. And even back then when I called myself a conservative, you know, when Carlin would go on like bashing the U.S. military, I would actually roll my eyes and just wait for him to get through that bit and then get back to, you know, the stuff that I thought was hilarious, like analyzing the the speech they give you when you get on an airplane kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And so now that I'm older and I'm totally on board with him with the, you know, anti-war message, like now it's like, oh, wow, I appreciate him. But that's kind of what I meant that, you know, people that they would, they would just enjoy the, the, you know, the, the artistic creation or whatever it was, because it was so, the person was so good at what their craft was that even though, even if you didn't agree with their politics, okay, that would just win. And so last thing here, just in terms of this, this meta conversation, before we get to your list, I'm curious, do you have an understanding or or a theory as to, you know, why is it, Why, why does it seem like, the typical Hollywood go-to theme is the rich business people are the evil ones. And we, we hope the good guys in the government, uh, you know, finally crack down on the stop their, you know, foil their nefarious plot and th- that sort of thing. I don't know. You know, that, that's, a, that's an excellent question. I mean, it, it does seem pretty universal throughout Hollywood that it's usually like the poor government bureaucrat, or the, you know, government investigator is a good guy. And then there's, you know, some corporate conspiracy. I mean, it's, it's so funny. I mean, it's so just ubiquitous across mm-hmm. Hollywood. That's just what it is. And it, it's got to be a result of all the, the leftism that just pervades Hollywood and, and really the, really music too, the music world. It's uh, whenever politics get involved, it usually tends to be on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, maybe just country music where there might be some right-wing politics, but it, there is something about the creative arts. It just seems to inherently lean left. And um, I think there just, there definitely is a need for 
some more rational forms of political theory to take hold there. It's funny when the uh, Harvey Weinstein stuff broke, you know, all the Me Too stuff, somebody made this observation that I was like, huh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but it, it's interesting is this person said something along the lines of, yeah, the more of these stories that come out and you realize what scumbags a lot of these people in Hollywood are, the, you know, these leftist hypocrites who, you know, donate to the World Bank or whatever, you know, don't donate to charities and whatever, and, and yet they're actual scoundrels behind the scenes, that maybe that's why all the movies that come out of Hollywood have corporations, you know, being the villains is because actually they really are that awful. So like if you're in, if you're in the the film industry, yeah, the, the people running those companies really are horrible, but that's not, you know, the average person running, uh, you know, an office in Albuquerque or something. So, mm, yeah. Like I said, I right. don't know if that's true, if that's even true, to, but anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we, why don't you introduce uh, you, your purpose for this post? And so, the actual title is the top 10 libertarian rock bands. So go ahead. And I, I know that people are going to object to you. I like how you say that when you, this is your opening line here, when one sets out to compile a list, like the top 10 libertarian rock bands, one is faced with a few challenges and you talk about what the purists will do it in, in general. Anytime you do anything in the libertarian world, you're going to get hit by purists from both sides, accusing you of contradictory sins. So why don't you just go ahead and, and, and sort of get the caveats out of the way to try to protect yourself from the ravenous wolves who are going to be uh, attacking you after this episode airs. Sure. And there may be no way to really protect myself from the wolves, but I'll, I'll <laughs> But at do least my you best. can say you tried. Yeah, I can try. Well, let's at least try. Yeah. And you are right. I, I have to give the caveats. Um, yeah. What, what do you mean by libertarian? I mean, are there even 10 libertarian rock bands out there, period? So there, there may be some uh, rock purists who will object to, you know, when I say this band is libertarian or say they're one of the top 10 bands and say, hey, they're not really libertarian um, because most rock purists don't like libertarian ideas. But then on the other hand, libertarian purists will say, hey, they're not really libertarian because uh, maybe they supported Gary Johnson or maybe they uh, voted for Obama or something like that. So... Um, and actually there are some, some humorous cases. We'll get down into the list of people's politics being pretty funny, but I, I would just say to, to just kind of take a deep breath and to, uh, just accept that I, I'm really looking at the, the focusing on the songs more so than the, the artists and that, uh, I would just ask people to consider the, the idea that sometimes people are libertarian by accident even if they don't vote libertarian, even if they are like a leftist or on the right wing or something, uh, someone might put out a song that really resonates with libertarian ideas, and I think can be um, really can really strike a chord with someone who's libertarian. And that's more what I have in mind here when I uh, put these uh, put this list together. That these bands seem to have these these libertarian themes all throughout their music, even if not every song is is talking about the Federal Reserve, they have a lot of themes that um, that go that way. And and in fact, some of them even um, are quietly admitting that they uh, sympathize with libertarianism. Okay, so these are libertarian bands in the same way that a porcupine might be a libertarian animal. Is that a good analogy? Yeah, yeah, I like okay. that. I, I, I wish I had put that in there, but yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Okay, well, good. All right. And for those at home who are like, what are you talking about? Liber 
Porcupines don't play an instrument. What I mean is that obviously a porcupine is not walking around saying, yeah, I can't really support Gary Johnson this cycle, but I hope they put up a, no, that's not what the porcupine's doing. It's just doing its thing. It doesn't care about politics, but libertarians looking at the porcupine can say, ah, that kind of resonates with me. Maybe, you know, that's, that's reflecting something about how we are. So mm. that's the sense in which the, so you're, you're not claiming any of these bands necessarily. Well, when we get to backwards, at least that'll be one, but you're not saying that these people would identify themselves. as You're just saying, libertarians can appreciate their songs and look at the libertarian themes in some of these songs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think that's, uh, that's, that's it. Exactly. Okay, great. So number one on the list is a clip from rush. The song is the trees. Let's take a listen folks. Okay, so that was Rush, which I'm sure most people have heard of, and the song was The Trees. So, Matt, what made you decide to put them on the list, and what what gems of wisdom do you have for us on them? Well, Rush, I think, if if people ever think of a libertarian band, I think Rush is probably the one that comes to mind first, because they are... Uh, Either them or the police. That's a joke. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely have some libertarian-ish themes in their songs, uh, mainly because their drummer, Neil Pert and the lyricist was a fan of Ayn Rand. And um, one of the songs, uh, Anthem, is a kind of an adaptation of a Rand novella. And um, so just all throughout their songs, especially that song we just heard, The Trees is an allegory of smaller trees complaining about larger trees simply for being larger and, you know, the, the smaller trees resent them for being larger and keeping the sun away from them, that kind of thing, which I think anyone who's read an Ayn Rand novel can hear those themes within her stories. So uh, they have... And, and uh, can I ask you, Matt, yeah. just in ca- you know, in case people, it's sometimes with a new song, it's hard to, to catch the lyrics. So the, in there, it's cl- is it clear that the that the song, The Trees, is is not sympathizing with the plague. Oh, these poor little trees, they can't get the light that it's, it's like mm-hmm. looking at them, like how insidious that is that you're, you're complaining about your big strapping brother or whatever. You get what I'm asking mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I think so. And and that's, that's actually a good question because um, it, to be honest, it's, it's been a while since I've looked at the lyrics in their totality, but it's um, I, I could definitely see how you could, you could take it that way. It, it may not be completely obvious. Um, just by by listening to that, whether it's sympathizing with the small trees or mm-hmm. or the larger trees. Okay, but but you personally think, knowing what you do about Rush, your guess is that they are doing it from an Ayn Rand point of view? Because you're absolutely right. Ayn yeah. Rand would, I, I, I haven't reviewed, listened to her lately, otherwise I would do a, a bad impression of her. But yeah, she would clearly, <laughs> she would be on the favor, on the side of the big tree and, you know, hey, you can't get your photon somewhere else, buddy. Yeah. Exactly that I, I I think if I if I can look down at my my uh, WWRD bracelet, what would Rand do? She would I think she would definitely <laughs> be on the side of the big trees there. Um, and, and just looking at some of their other songs too, um, 
their song Tom Sawyer, which I mean is a huge hit. Everybody's heard Tom Sawyer. And it's um it just paints a picture of a rugged individualist who just, you know, doesn't take anything from anybody. He just does everything himself. Um his his mind is not for rent to any god or government, that kind of thing. Right. Um so I, I just see that as themes throughout their music. Um and uh but plus, I mean, they're just they're a great example of a band who they are just beloved by by anybody regardless of their political persuasion cuz they are just so good. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. into prog rock, I mean, they are they're one of the the legends of prog rock. And they're only three guys. I mean, it's hard to believe that they can make such massive music, but um they're they're just huge. Um and people love them in spite of, you know, whatever their their message is. I I think that's uh that's really powerful. Well, the Beatles were only four people and they were the best band of all time, so that's true. I think, I, I guess, Russ... <laughs> I just wanted to slide that I didn't know what your view was on that controversial question, but... Uh, I, I I think I'll probably leave that one alone. I guess uh, <laughs> it's possible if Rush had added another member, they might have been uh, competing with the Beatles a little more. Possibly so, yes. I think uh, Penny Lane is actually a commentary on the unfairness of regulations against streetcar vending, but that's just, okay. you know, I think... Okay, I, I'd, like, I'd like to see an analysis of that, I would... <laughs> <laughs> they really did have tax, man. I mean, that's pretty in your face. So there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. For folks I, at home, the, say, the Penny uh, Lane thing was a joke on my part. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's see here. Now we're going to go for our next selection because we got 10 to get through here. We're going to go with the band is Muse and the song title is Reapers. Take a listen, folks. Okay, and I should also mention with this stuff, it's a shame that we're just hearing the audio because for a lot of, like for that one in particular, the, the video is pretty good too. Like it's, you know, shows the someone from the CIA and a guy running away from a plane and things. So, you know, definitely you can see where that's got things that would intrigue a libertarian and, and get a libertarian's attention. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I love that video. Love love that band. I like too, I think the the CIA agent is some some beautiful woman with, red painted fingernails and she's going after this guy. It's, it, it's, it is a great video. It's my understanding that most CIA agents are in fact, beautiful women with red fingernails. Yes. According to the Hollywood movies that, that yeah. is uh, what I've seen as well. It's difficult for recruiting, but it, it does, uh, you know, they yeah. got a big budget. Yeah. So why are, why is, why did Muse the Reapers make your list, make your cut? Well, that, that song, uh, as you said, it's it's about uh, talks about the CIA. The Reapers are referring to Reaper drones, and um, that whole album that that song is from is called Drones. And uh, the reason I love that album, um, and it has so much libertarian significance, is that well, it uses that term uh, drones all throughout the album, but gives it a different definition. You heard it in that song. It talks about the aircraft, but in other songs, they're um, they're talking about people in the military and how 
Um, some might see them as just kind of turned into a drone, an unthinking drone, just doing whatever they're told. And mm-hmm. it's that way all throughout the album. So it's it's a very powerful album. That whole one is um, in terms of the libertarian message. And Muse in general, the, um, the lead singer and songwriter um, claims to be a Georgist uh, who is, you know, a fan of Henry George, an economist who is kind of libertarian with, with kind of with a, a dash of Marx in there. So he, uh, the, the lead singer, uh, Matthew Bellamy considers himself a left libertarian, but he does have, uh, he does put libertarian in his, uh, his views there. So. so yeah. Um, Henry, yeah. Just for the listener, Henry George. So, so yes, as Matt says, nowadays you could be a Georgist, which doesn't mean that you think George Harrison had the best songs, in the Beatles, you'd be demonstrably wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so George is they're in favor of the single land tax. That was his his big deal was that he he was so he was against taxation in in general, and so that's where he's very libertarian. But he thought, oh, the the one spot where it's it's ethical and it's not going to distort production to levy a tax is on just the pure rent that a landlord gets from his land, right? Because it if you if you tax labor income, then people aren't going to work as much. But if you just tax the pure land rent. You know, if you're a landlord, there's nothing else you can do with the land besides rent it out. You know, that that's kind of it. So Rothbard had a critique of that mm-hmm. that actually I don't even think that logic works on its own terms. Mm-hmm. But Henry George is great. He's got the fantastic line. I'm going to botch it. This is a paraphrase, but um, saying that what we do in times of peacetime, what, what protectionism does to us in times of peace is what we try to do with a blockade to other nations in times of war. Mm-hmm. Just to show like, well, wait a minute, you know, if, if it helps our, if it promotes domestic industry and creates jobs at home when we cut off international trade with tariffs, when we're at war with another country and we use our Navy to blockade them, how come we're not helping their industry and creating jobs for them? And we recognize in wartime, no, that hurts them if we cut off trade to their country. So anyway, Henry George, a, a mixed bag, but some, but a, a fascinating guy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And that, so that's, that's great stuff. And so, yeah, that's, that's where Muse is coming from with a lot of their inspiration. Um, and they're um, actually, they're like Russian that they're only a three piece band and they are, they are hugely popular um, now. I think they've been active since like 1999, but then in the past decade, they've gotten pretty massive and they're like selling out arenas. They just put out a new album, I think in 2018 and um, they're just they're they're another band that is just beloved just because their the quality of their music is so high, and even though there are a, a lot of libertarian messages in their um, in their songs, um, I, I mean, and, and sometimes it gets to even kind of like a conspiracy theory kind of level. Like people don't even care. They're they're just so universally loved because mm-hmm. they're they're just so good. Well, that's partly too why. I thought it was useful to go through this is because some of these bands, like you're saying, they're they're in their prime right now. And so if people get into it and, and this this episode introduces them to it, they might be able to go see them live as opposed to, you know, the, the music I listen to. I like my music like I like my economics treatises published before 1970. Um, yeah, right. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. The next one on the list, we have the kinks. And yes, it's the kinks. The you really got me. Uh, those kinks. But the song is 20th Century Man. Let's take a listen. I was born in a welfare state Ruled by bureaucracy Controlled by civil servants And people dressed in grey Got no 
ever seen Got no liberty Cause the 20th century people Took it all away from me Okay, Matt, what's your commentary here? How did the kinks make the list? Well, I was kind of surprised by the kinks. I had never really heard a lot of their material besides some of their mid-60s stuff, like their huge hit, You Really Got Me, and then, of course, they have Lola and um, All Day, All the Night, that kind of stuff. A friend recommended to me their 1971 album, Muswell Hillbillies, and um, it leads with that song, 20th Century Man, I was kind of shocked to hear what sounded like a blatantly libertarian lines there. If if you couldn't uh, gather from the the clip, he's saying, I was born in a welfare state fueled by bureaucracy, controlled by civil servants and people dressed in gray, got no privacy, got no liberty, because the 20th century people took it all away from me. And note there, he's saying 20th century people, not 21st century people. This song is obviously completely relevant uh, still today, um, e- even more relevant, I would say. So, um, and that's not the only song that uh, has messages like that. They have actually that the the rest of that album has many songs. Muswell Hillbillies, there's acute schizophrenia, paranoia blues, where, you know, he's afraid about uh, worrying about the people working for the Russians. And then here come the people in gray and people in gray there is talking about government workers coming to take him away. Mm-hmm. So, um, and just on several of their other albums, if he talks politics on his albums, it's usually saying, I'm not on the left or the right, or he's, he's, he's trying to like encourage people because um, the people, you know, certain people may not like the left or the right. And he's just kind of encouraging them, do your own thing. Um, so um, a lot of their songs are just kind of just great songs, just great sentimental songs, maybe love songs, uh, just telling people stories. But then there's a lot of great libertarian messages on their songs too. So their their uh, main songwriter Ray Davis recently got uh, knighted in England, so that's kind of cool. They're a British band, and uh, he's he's putting out solo records now. But um, I, I don't think they've done Kinks uh, music in in a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of those '60s bands they did come like um, the Rascals. You know, uh, you know they're, they're a huge '60s band, but they had um, people got to be free. I don't, do you know that one, Matt? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, and it's uh, so so it's 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 more. How can I put it? When I heard that, you know, and I'm recognizing, oh yeah, this is the right. Like I think I had their greatest hits or something on a CD, and I was like, oh, I never heard this song. The radio doesn't play this, and it, and it's you know, it's clearly them. It's their kind of song, and yet the lyrics were just you know amazing. And so yeah, it, you could they could open for Ron Paul. It was it was it was interesting stuff. So I think a lot of those guys, yeah, they got huge with more. You, not, I don't want to say generic, but like f- songs that fit in with what everybody else was doing. But then as they got more refined and found their niche, they saw you saw some more uh, idiosyncratic lyrics coming out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really neat. I, I'm definitely going to have to check them out. And I mean, there's so many, so many artists out there. I get recommendations from people like that. I, you know, mm-hmm. I just haven't gone down that rascal's rabbit hole yet. So that's uh, that's uh, someone else I need to explore. All right, next on the list, we have a group that I'm sure listeners will know, Backwards, with the frontman Eric July, and the song here is Statism. Uh, 
Let's take a listen. I hope he's against it. I guess we'll find out. Let me finish it. Matter of time before they summon the army in. I'm probably on the FBI's most wanted list. I'm probably going to end up home like an ornament. I'm on a life mission to a bunch of I always like backwards music. It's good for like, you know, if you have to study for an exam, you just put them on repeat in the background and kind of gentle, soothing. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is sure to make you remember your, uh, your World War II exam than, uh, than blasting uh, backwards <laughs> into your eardrums. So uh, our, our witticisms aside here, what, uh, what can we, what can you tell us that might be new for the listener? Cause they, they, I'm, you know, people they've heard of Eric on Tom Wood's show a lot, I'm sure. But what can you tell us about Backwards? Yeah, well, they're definitely the newest band I think that I've that I've uh, found on this list. But they're certainly the most outspoken band. They're an independent band. Yeah, Bob, you mentioned uh, Eric July, their their front man, and I think their main lyricist. He is an anarcho capitalist. I mean, he's the real deal. And they have a very uh, for those of you that could identify it, kind of a Lincoln Park kind of sound metal sound, but lots of hip hop. And then they'll have melodic choruses too. Um, they have a second singer. Uh, I mean, they, they have a great sound and they do it very, very well. They're, they are an independent band. That's what I'm so excited about them though, because I think they have so much potential to just explode, um, into the mainstream. In fact, they did, um, they got number two on the billboard heat seekers chart when their, their debut album veracity came out. And, uh, that song is on it. They have a song called Individualism, uh, railing against collectivism and affirming the right of secession. They talk about praxeology in their song. One of their songs is named Praxeology, Self-Ownership, Democracy Sucks. I mean, these are some of their song titles. And uh, I mean, it doesn't really get much more blatant than Backwards. Um, I, I think they're working on new music. They do have uh, Veracity, I think, came out in 2017. But they are they're definitely still active. So I'm excited to see where they will go. Yeah, it's funny just reading that, you know, you saying about the praxeology because it's like, oh, wow, you know, Bono now, uh, you know, is is changing his mind maybe on foreign aid or something. And, you know, it's so like <laughs> like how we grasp it, a little crumbs that the conventional musicians might toss to us. And it's uh-huh. and here they got a song that's that's titled praxeology. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> fulfilling for a libertarian. If you if you're if you're a libertarian and you like Lincoln Park type uh, music, then oh man, backwards is is going to be your dream come true. All right, next we have Alice Cooper, and everyone I'm sure has heard of this. And the song though is called Freedom. Let's take a listen. Also, again, just for the benefit of those who are are listening but not seeing the the video there, the um, it's it's interesting that the guys who aren't wearing shirts in the video have really jacked arms. I just I, I make an observation. I don't I don't conclude anything from that. Yeah, I, I I'm glad that you picked up on that, Bob. That that <laughs> video is I, I mean that's that's one of the 
most amazing videos, music videos I've ever seen. You've got Alice Cooper coming out of some kind of crypt at the beginning. The guitarist looks like Rambo. He like has no shirt. He has, uh, you know, muscles all over the place. It's just such a bizarre, wonderful video. And of course the song Freedom is, is talking all about uh, being free, obviously, and freedom of speech, uh, freedom to talk, freedom to rock. I mean, uh, it doesn't get much more uh, of a basic need than that. You gotta be able to rock. So that's what Alice Cooper is all about in that song. Mm-hmm. I, I love this quote. Let me just read this from your blog post here. You got a quote from Alice Cooper where he says, I hate politics with a passion. I know people incorporate politics into rock and roll. And I think that the antithesis of rock and roll is politics. That would be like me singing the Dow Jones report. I think that's great. Yeah. And I, I think that that kind of goes back to what you and I were talking about earlier, where if you set out like, oh, I'm going to write a novel or do a movie or write a song that, you know, is going to get my political views out there. Like, it's just, eh, it doesn't work. Yeah. And he he's very critical. Uh, it's very, uh, very common for musicians, for celebrity rock stars to take a position on in a political campaign and a presidential campaign to endorse certain people or campaign for people. And he gets really upset about it. He'll, he'll um, insult some of his uh, fellow musicians and say, you guys don't get it. This is, we're not supposed to be political. This is just, you know, rock and roll shouldn't have anything to do with this. We shouldn't be picking sides in this. Um, and he's saying that to leftists too, which I appreciate. So mm-hmm. he's, he's definitely not easy to pigeonhole in that way uh, politically. Folks, let's take a break from my discussion with Matt about the top 10 libertarian rock bands to just mention, here's something you can do. You're like, Bob, I've already given you as much of my money as I can possibly part with. I understand, but you can do more. Another way you can help me, if you like this podcast and you want it to grow, another way you can help me is host it in areas that are fertile, right? Take a particularly juicy episode, one that you liked for a certain reason, and share it in a demographic where you think a lot of people might resonate with that particular episode. And you might think, oh, what can one person do? You can do a lot. I believe in you. You can help me. I saw one time um, there was an interview with Elvis. And and this is like, you know, and he was young and, you know, real fit and everything. So it was, it was an earlier one. And somebody came, but they asked him what his views were on the Vietnam war. And he said something like, Hey, I'm just an entertainer. You know, <laughs> and I thought that now on the one hand, like maybe he was just being coy and like not wanting to alienate potential fans. But on the other, like to the extent that that was just, you know, truly he was just being humble and saying, you know, I, I'm an entertainer. And what are you asking me about the Vietnam War for? I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Because obviously the person asking him assumed he was going to be against it and, you know, t- take the tack that his uh, that his peers in the in the music industry had, had taken. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and people just use their celebrity status so often to try to just sway people one way or the other. And, you know, I appreciate that, that Alice Cooper is not, and, and Elvis is not like that, that they, you know, that he's just saying, you know, just, just be, you know, just enjoy my music, uh, make up your own mind on, on politics. Um, and I think one other song everyone should listen to where you see how, how much he doesn't like politics is his song Elected. It's one of his classic songs. And it's he's kind of singing it in the character of of this uh, politician, um, saying, you know, I, I'm. Uh, it's something like Yankee Doodle Dandy in a gold Rolls Royce. 
So he's he's got this real cynical view of politicians, and he's just saying, you know, I, I don't really care about you or care about anything important. I just want to be elected. And that's kind of what the whole song's about. So I, I really appreciate that about him. Mm-hmm. And I, I should probably emphasize, of course, not that I think there's any debate over whether the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War was a good idea or not. Obviously, I was aghast at that and completely opposed to it. I'm just saying I thought that was interesting, again, to the extent that Elvis really was doing it out of humility and just saying, you know, I I don't like this trend of putting microphones in front of uh, entertainers' faces and and trying to get political views from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I, I also wanted to just uh, throw out there, Alice Cooper, he's like in his early 70s now, I think. Um, and he put out a recent album, I think in 2017, that, that has a lot of really good kind of libertarian themed songs on it. Uh, believe it or not, he's in his early seventies. It's a really good album. It's called, uh, Paranormal. So I'd, uh, I'd invite people to give that a listen to. Does he change the way he sings? You know, do you understand what I'm asking? Like, like just cause he's older and like, is he in a different no. area or is the same? He sounds the same. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Lots of times as uh, as musicians age, they kind of have a different tone to their voice. I don't know what he's doing, or maybe he's on some kind of psycho drugs or something, but his voice kind of sounds the, the same. He's he's still kind of growling and shouting and stuff. Um, he, he might have dialed back dialed it back a little bit, but his, his voice still uh, very much sounds the same as, as classic Alice. He's he's the Tom Cruise of lead vocals. That's what you're telling me. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now we're we're halfway through here, folks. So now we're on number six, and the band is the Interrupters, and the song Liberty. Let's take a listen. I like that one. That's one like the next time I got to clean my room up. I think I'm going to put that one on. Yeah, that one like just puts you into hyperdrive. I mean, yeah, it, uh, it's a great song. So what can you tell us about the Interrupters? The Interrupters, uh, they're, they're definitely an active band still. Um, they are a ska band. If you remember the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, that, yeah, it's not as obvious uh, in, in that song. Some of their songs are just kind of straight up punk songs, but they do have a lot of ska in their songs. And their lead singer, uh, she goes by a- Amy Interrupter in the band, but she, her real name is Amy Allen. And she wrote Ron Paul's presidential campaign song. If you remember that song, oh, um, yeah. mm-hmm. Ron Paul restore the constitution and and that kind of thing. So she wrote that and she uh, is in the interrupters. So as you might guess, they have a lot of songs that uh, touch on the themes that uh, Ron Paul was very outspoken on. You heard them in that song, Liberty, uh, Drones in the Sky, Government Lies, uh, Where Did My Liberty Go? They even, um, they, they do have a song talking about the government printing money and um, all sorts of stuff. Uh, I, they're just a great band too. That that's um, they're definitely fitting that bill of like Russian muse, where I think they're just 
they just sound so good and mm-hmm. they their songs are so catchy that um I don't know if 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 people might normally be turned off by a libertarian message they um it doesn't phase them with the interrupters cuz they're um they just went on a tour with uh 311 another band from uh a band from the 90s pretty big band mm-hmm. and um so they're still they're they're active doing stuff they had an album come out last year so um I'm excited to see uh see them getting more popular now, do you know, and it's fine if you don't know the answer, but like, were they into this stuff and then Ron Paul came along? So it made sense for Amy Allen to go write the thing or like, is Ron Paul why Amy Allen went down this path? That's a good question. Uh, I, I'm honestly, I mean, cause she's sure. kind of young. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, she couldn't, it's not like she could have been touring for 10 years before Ron Paul came along. Cause she would have been, you know, skipping third grade class. Yeah, pretty much. I think, um, I think that the interrupters may not have been fully formed during the 2008 Ron Paul campaign. I'm not I'm not for sure on that. Mm-hmm. But I think the the interrupters the band was formed after 2012. I, I could be wrong on that, but but I think it was around that time. Okay, yeah, and I, actually the last time I had that she was on my radio, you know, somebody mentioned her or played that thing and I and I wondered I was like, "Oh, I haven't heard from her." So I'm glad that yeah, she's she's in a band now and that's and that's what they're doing. So that's great. All right. Now we're moving on to number seven on the list, Megadeth, who I'm sure most listeners have heard of. And the song is Symphony of Destruction. Let's take a listen. You take a mortal man and put him in control. Watch him become a god Watch people's heads roll And again, folks, I have to encourage you, you got to check out these videos. So by the way, this will all be at bobmurphyshow.com slash 65 if you want to get the links to all the YouTube videos. Because this one, again, it's great. Like it's showing these rich white men with their big jowls sitting at a restaurant table laughing. And you realize they're probably not laughing because they just funded, you know, a, a children's cancer hospital. That's probably not why they're laughing with their big cigars. I know. I love it. Yeah, it's so it's so blatant. And then I think you see... Uh, dissenters in the street. I think there's probably fire in there and probably images of war. So yeah, it's, it's pretty in your face. Now, do you know anything about them? Um, you know, cause they're obviously a staple among heavy metal fans. Um, like, like in terms of their own views, maybe just if you could take a minute, like I, I know I probably have some older listeners or more conservative types. They just don't li- listen to heavy metal. Cause it's like, that's not music. That's just a bunch of people running around screaming. Mm-hmm. And so can you just give a little bit about that? Like, is, is that music by its very nature anti-establishment? Like, is that part of the point? Like the, yeah, we know this bothers old people and that's why we do it. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. And I think heavy metal just as a genre is just a great genre for libertarian themes because war is a very common theme in heavy metal oppressive governments, dystopias, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that just goes hand in hand with heavy metal. And Megadeth has a lot of anti-war songs, songs about, uh, I mean, of course, people probably 
know, just assume that heavy metal has a lot of just kind of gory imagery and a lot of the poetry is just talking about destruction, people dying and that kind of stuff. And and that can be true, but at least in the case of Megadeth, they are using that to make a statement about just how awful war is and how just awful oppressive governments are. And um, Dave Mustaine is the main guy of Megadeth. He's, uh, I think he's, he's maybe the only original member. I think their bassist may still be the original. They've gone through some lineup changes, but Dave Mustaine is the main guy. Um, he can be politically nonsensical sometimes. This actually made the news, I think, back in 2012. He, for some reason, endorsed Rick Santorum, the uh, <laughs> Republican. I never which, heard that. <laughs> yeah, it, it is the funniest thing. And I think he was just universally mocked for that. So I don't really understand why he did that. I don't and understand. He wasn't trolling like, people? Like, as far as you know, that was sincere? It, it, that's That's a fair question. I mean, judging from some things I've heard him say in interviews and um, some of his behavior I've seen, I think he's just kind of a little mixed up. <laughs> I don't know if he he really understands a, a lot of the stuff he's doing. With that said, I am I am a heavy metal fan, and I do think he is really good at at uh, making heavy metal music. So I don't I don't question him too much. And he has in in some interviews say that he is kind of along the lines of what a libertarian is. So he um, he's definitely skeptical of uh, right and left. And you can definitely tell, like in that song, that clip we just heard, um, I love the line, uh, you take a mortal man, you put him in control, watch him become a god, watch people's heads a roll. And so he's definitely skeptical of authority and I definitely think that was skeptical the, uh, of war. slogan for the Santorum campaign. They were that they were could, gonna could slow the rate. Is. Yeah, they were gonna slow the rate of entitlement spending growth and have heads roll. I think is and that that was that was part of it. I know Rick Santorum is also a huge Megadeth fan, and so they were using that theme as their <laughs> uh, their theme song for all the you know Christian conservatives when they showed up at the rallies. <laughs> okay, the next one we have here. Now you're gonna have to help me out. I should have checked with you before. Is it No FX or Nofx? Yeah, No FX. That's how you say it. Okay, so it's spelled. I mean, because it, it, so it's all caps. Like that's the yeah, yeah. So it's four letters, folks. N O F X. So no F X. And the song is the plan. Let's take a listen. So whiny. Well, is that why he's a libertarian? Oh, no, no. I just mean, <laughs> it's just a classical punk way of singing, just with mm -hmm. that that kind of tone. Anyways, uh, punk is punk, you know. Do you have the time to listen about Ron Paul? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what, what can you tell us about No FX? Well, I, I chose No FX. They're a punk band. I was kind of trying to think of wh what's a really good libertarian punk band. That it's really tough because there are so many great punk bands that I mean, punk is just universally. I mean, the themes of punk are just kind of anarchist in a way. Maybe not the type of maybe not a Rothbard type of anarchism, but 
they they're all about um, tearing down the establishment, and they're in many cases against the government, in, in most universally against war, and um, I, I, they're against a lot of social like social conservatism too, many times, which um, is not necessarily the concern of libertarianism. But um, but they're, unfortunately, I think punk is pretty much universally kind of a leftist, kind of Marxist kind of genre um, when, it, when it is political. It's not always political, but when it is, it tends to be pretty leftist. And I think no effects is fairly leftist, although... Um, not as hardcore as some of their other bands. I chose them on here because they do have that this song, the plan that we just heard, and they they say in the song, "Call us libertarian because we do as we please." I mean, that just kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Uh, you know, d- just leave me alone, and I'll leave you alone. Well, unless it pleases them to initiate aggression, in which case, no, I will not be calling them libertarian. Yeah. True. But yeah, True. they uh, that, my trolling aside, yeah, the next line is don't need fear or force or farce to know morality. Morals aren't a substance you can shove in someone's ear. They're basically a byproduct of a mind thinking clear. So yeah, that's that's good. So, I mean, that, that sounds also like, you know, no gods, no kings. Is that where they're coming from as far as you can tell? I think they are. Yeah, they do tend to be pretty anti-religion in a lot of their songs. Um so, I mean, you know, that's that's neither here nor there for libertarianism, I think. I mean, you can certainly be oh, a yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not throwing them under the bus. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in case that, that came off like I was being dismissive. I'm, I'm just trying to clarify uh, no. where they're coming from. Yeah, so they, um, I, I appreciate about them, even though they, they may be, at their at their hearts, they may be leftists. They do certainly appreciate people thinking for themselves. They seem to appreciate individualism. And they don't want people controlling them. They're telling them what to do. Um, they're, they're, I think, one of the legends of, of punk, especially in the 90s. They were kind of part of that pop punk craze that, that started then. So, um, so they're, they're really popular today. And um, I think they're, they're still making music. Actually, I think they just had a song come out. Uh, this is uh, 2019. So, yeah, they're, they're still active and, and making music. Great. We're now on number nine, folks. The band is Thrice, and the song is Black Honey. Let's take a listen. Again, another very interesting video. If you want to go to bobmurphyshow.com slash 65 and click through these links here. I don't know what was going on in that video, but there was a lot of screen shifting and characters zooming in and out. Yeah, that was, that's, I think, one of their creepier videos I've seen. I don't, I don't, I don't fully understand the, uh, the, the point they're getting across there. I, I guess uh, something I love about Thrice, though, I think that song, Black Honey, it's using a, a metaphor for oil and wars in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but they wrote the song in such a way that I think it can be it's it's generic enough that you can apply it to other meanings. And I think in that song, 
there's a lot of um, there's you see these characters driving in a car and they're trying to explain how they're just being essentially being selfish and they're they're just trying to get what they want to get. They're just trying to please themselves and they don't care about anybody else. But um, I I I love that about Thrice. They they're a very um, they're very deep thinkers. The lyrics have a lot of depth to them, but um, they'd certainly have some politically charged lyrics and um, a lot of anti-war stuff. Uh, their lead singer, Dustin Kensrue, has said he would align with a fair amount of libertarian stuff. And you can hear that in um, in some of their lyrics. Uh, in that song we just heard, and then um, they have a song about uh, called Death From Above, about uh, drone strikes and um, things of that sort. They're another band that um, they're very popular in spite of whatever their political leanings are. They're just, um, they have a lot of, um, a lot of popularity in kind of the punk kind of metal scene. Um, and they, they, I think got really big in like 2003, 2004, they're still making albums now. And people, people just, I think, really love them because their quality is so good. And um, they also have these uh, these messages in their songs. Before I forget, let me just mention too that popped into my head as you're talking about like the drone strikes and, you know, people critiquing the, the current w- warfare state is uh, Outcasts Bombs Over Baghdad. Do you know that song? Yes. Yes, I've heard that one. That's a great one. There's that. And then what I loved, I because I can do it the karaoke bar, so I, I particularly fond of this one, is the Black Eyed Peas, uh, Where Is The Love? Do you know that one? That's when Justin Timberlake sings with them. Mm, no, I don't think I've heard Oh, that. you should check that out. It's especially if you're a Christian. It, it's um, seriously, like you should jot a note down or something. And it's it's a Black Eyed Peas, Where Is The Love? Justin Timberlake helps him with it. Gotcha. And it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's great stuff. But like I said, I, I do that. What I have to do, folks, just so you know, is I'll wait and see. I need because I need a female vocalist to do it to do Justin Timberlake's park at the at the karaoke bar. My son used to be able to do it, <laughs> and then he hit puberty. Now he can't hit it either, so I have to get a, a woman to do it. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Justin Timberlake to hit puberty, but he's he's still going strong, I guess. <laughs> okay, and last and certainly not least, and by the way, I don't know if we formally said this at the beginning, but Matt wasn't doing this in terms of like particular order like the you know in other words it's not that the number one is is more libertarian or anything he just was trying to come up with 10 and so but number 10 happens to be bob dylan the man and the song you've picked for this is with god on our side so let's take a listen the first world war boys it came and it went the reason for fighting I never did get But I learned to accept it Accept it with pride For you don't count the dead When God's on your side And before I forget that, I also like the one he does with, um, if you heard this one, Matt, where it's the, uh, it's like subterranean homesick blues and he's got the line in the beginning, like, and I'm on the pavement thinking about the government. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's a good one too, where he's definitely, yeah. he's against the man. 
Yes, he is. And I, I, I am a little hesitant to kind of put him in the same category as libertarian because I think he's impossible to categorize. I, I don't think he would call himself a libertarian, but he's another one of those artists that um, just has those themes in a lot of mm-hmm. his songs, as, as we just heard with God on our side. I mean, a lot of his, especially, you mentioned the the Vietnam, the Vietnam songs of the 60s, and Bob Dylan was certainly during that era. What I love about him is that his songs weren't as specific as some of those protest songs. And so his his have the advantage of being a little more timeless. And as we heard in that song with God on our side, I mean, he's just going through every American war and kind of kind of holding it up to the light, kind of critiquing the idea that the U.S. is always right because we have God on our side. He just has that, just that, um, that excruciating line there about, um, you don't count the dead when God's on your side. I mean, some of those lines just hit you so hard and he is, he is so good. He's, he's not an, he doesn't have a really in your face kind of persona. He's, he's very kind of laid back and reserved. So he just kind of leaves his lyrics to do the, the work of punching you in the face for lack of a better, uh, better word. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I know what you mean in there. I mean, it's, it's sort of like we were saying with the porcupine thing earlier that, yeah, I don't know what Bob Dylan would call him. I mean, cause he even, you know, he has some very Christian songs too, you know, and it's, yeah. And I know I think he went through a phase. I don't I don't know if later in his life he called himself Christian still, but and uh, yeah, it's I mean he's he's a he's an artist, a poet, and you know it's people see. I guess if it's good art, a lot of people see different things in it. It's not like everyone in the museum, you know, goes and looks at the things hanging on the wall and, and walks away with the same the same reaction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he, um, I think, an, another great uh, mark for him for being kind of libertarian friendly is that he he's just always he's just always paved his own path like back in the 60s he was doing all acoustic kind of harmonica music and um you know the the hippies and kind of flower children loved it but then he plugged in his electric guitar and started playing rock and roll and he got just just berated for that that his fans turned on him but then he found new fans. And yeah, as, as you mentioned, he went through a Christian phase. He, he became, as he said, a born-again Christian. And then did three albums that were pretty blatantly Christian lyrics, which again, alienated a lot of his fans. He dialed that back um, in the 80s, but he's still making music. He's, he's got country music. He's got some kind of jazzy music, bluesy music for sure. And he's just, he just kind of charts his own path and just goes wherever he feels like. And um, I, I, I really appreciate that about him. Um, I, I will say one song I think libertarians will certainly appreciate is, um, is his song Man of Peace from the uh, 1980, I think, album Infidels. It's mm-hmm. an excellent, uh, excellent song about um, politicians, I think, and people in power. Um, uh, with some great, uh, great imagery there. Yeah. I love his song too. Got to serve somebody. Yes. Um, I actually did that a couple of years on the, on the Contra cruise that we, you know, we have live music there. And, uh, and, and so, you know, folks, if you're really, if you're in, 
if you're up for it, I think I can find that on YouTube. I think I uploaded a clip of that. So, well, that also will be at bobmurphyshow.com slash 65, partly just to give you another commercial for the Contra Cruise. Um, do you want to, Matt, go through the honorable mentions on this? Yeah, sure. I could okay. I could list them off. Partly I would push you to do it because I'm, I'm friends with a few of these people. And so this this way I'll get fewer <laughs> of them. Let, let me, in all seriousness, but let me give the disclaimer. I didn't have Matt on here because I knew some of these people. And also I'm not going to like say, oh, and let's also remember because I'm going to forget somebody and then people are going to get mad. So I'm just going to not, I'm just, Matt is in charge of, of talking about the bands here. So go ahead. Sure. I will, I will gladly take the heat. And I will also just uh, emphasize again, of course, I realize that this this whole list is my subjective judgment. I haven't done um, extensive research and analysis on this and, uh, you know, polled, uh, you know, focus groups and things like that. Um, this These are just my opinions. And I'm sure there may be a, a person or two that disagrees with them. But uh, with that said, I will go through the honorable mentions. And and um, I, I guess it, it's a good thing that there are some honorable mentions, um, that there are more than 10 uh, libertarian artists out there. Um, Leah is one, which I think is really important. She is kind of a symphonic metal artist. She has a, a beautiful voice, and um, she put out a new album last year. She's working on a new one now. And um, she does have libertarian themes in some of her songs, although she's not as outspoken in her music. Um, Tatiana Moroz is another one. She's a singer-songwriter. She has uh, great songs, uh, a beautiful voice, and was involved with uh, the Ron Paul campaign. Uh, Jordan Page as well, uh, a lot of your listeners are probably familiar with. He, he campaigned with Ron Paul, and he's a singer-songwriter, but he's got some kind of rocking songs too. Um, anti-flag. I, I think they were kind of in competition with no effects for the, the punk slot on the, on the top 10, but they're, they're really good, especially on, um, anti-war stuff. And, um, they have a, a great song called, um, die for your government, basically saying you don't have to die for your government, which is, which is great. And, um, Incubus is, is of course a great alternative band from the, nineties uh, and two thousand. Actually, they're still active and um, they uh, they they have songs against uh, political leaders, and they encourage thinking for yourself, and you know not having your mind controlled, which is always nice. Um, for some of the Megadeth fans out there, there's another band called Havoc, which I think they're they're a little bit under the radar, but they're an excellent uh, metal band if you like thrash metal, especially like the old school kind of metal. Havoc is, they sound great, but they also, they are very blatantly libertarian in a lot of their um, lyrics. They have um, songs, they have a song about 1984. They have a song called Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death, that kind of stuff. And um, of course, my ego is not so great that I would, you know, dream of being near the top 10. But I also do have some songs uh, just under Matt Bankert. You can search for me on Spotify and I um, I have some songs out there that uh, I've been writing a lot of, a lot more libertarian themed songs lately as well. Can we play a clip of the Send in the Tanks, the one if we were going to play a clip that we should play it from? Oh yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Okay, let's uh, take a look. Now, hey Matt, don't you turn around and sue me. Is, it, is this all a ploy to get into the deep pockets of consulting by RPM? Because my lawyers will just eat you alive. I just want you to know. Okay, Fair enough. I, I have to admit across my mind, but I uh, that's noted. Okay. So let's take a listen, folks. This is Matt Banker, and the song is Send in the Tanks. 
And there you have it. And that's that was Matt Bankert with the song Send in the Tanks. Well, Matt, um, I think this has been a fun episode for the listeners, not not the usual fare they get. And are you are you so are you not touring at this point? You're just this is more of a hobby. Did I understand that? That's correct. Yeah, I'm not touring. I I have a, a wife and three children, and I have a day job, which is not the typical rock star lifestyle, but I do enjoy doing it as a hobby and, and writing songs and, and putting them out there. So that's kind of what, uh, what I'm doing now. Okay, well, great. And also, Matt, uh, I understand you have a special offer just for Bob Murphy Show listeners. That is correct, Bob. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yes. If you go to my webpage, which is www.mattbankert.com slash Bob, I'll have a free download that uh, people can get just for listeners of the show. So that'll be uh, one of my songs for free. And of course, if you want to sign up for my mailing list, I don't send out emails too often, but uh, I don't want to annoy you. But you also get another free song for doing that. So just wanted to throw that out there. Tom Woods will respect you for doing that. Hey, he's taught me everything I know. (laughs) But not everything Tom knows. Hey. (laughs) That, that's what they teach him at the seminars he goes to. They say, you only give out 60% of your knowledge. Ah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I hope, Matt, that you're not annoyed that of my constant, uh, quote, funny lines throughout this episode, but I really didn't have much to contribute since it was your list and we were playing the clips from other people. Uh, th- thank you, in all seriousness, for joining us. I think the listeners got a lot out of that. Uh, folks at home, I hope you liked that, and we will see you next time. You've just experienced another episode of The Bob Murphy Show. The podcast promoting free markets, free minds, and grateful souls. For more information and to subscribe to this podcast, visit BobMurphyShow.com. <laughs>